whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn, playwright, filmmaker, and professor of communications at American University. And every episode, we invite someone who you'd see in the theater, either on stage, backstage, or in the house, to discuss an original cast album that they love. And this week, we're joined by playwright, MFA holder, Amanda Zeitler, everybody. Hello. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, you win this podcast because... (laughs) It's been like 30 episodes, mm-hmm. 15 or so guests, and you are the first person to pick a show I had never heard of, which is <laughs> additionally remarkable because it's from my lifetime. I can say, like, if you'd pick something from, like, the 30s that mm-hmm. was, like, some Cole Porter musical no one had ever heard of, that's fine. But what did you pick? I picked Starmites. <laughs> If you're looking to fight Cause we don't take no lip And we don't take no sass We're as tough as old shoe leather And as bold as brass We're the Starmites The mighty Starmites We fight for the right And unite to be free We're the Starmites The mighty Starmites The punks of the future The future are we Which you did <laughs> was on Broadway in 1989 It was in 1989 And our cast album mm-hmm. Is from 1998 with most of the original cast, it seems. Though yes, that they, is my understanding. They say original cast members in it, so I'm sure like they couldn't get the whole chorus back together. Yeah. If you looked at that uh, really, really bad 80s Tony Award performance oh, that I sent I did. you. Oh, and I did. <laughs> um, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure the woman that plays Diva in the Tony Award performance is not the same person on the oh, album. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure, just listening to it, but I could be totally wrong. Okay, well, you're going to have to explain to me who that is in a second also. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we'll Star Mites. Yes. We're getting to what it what it's about in a mm-hmm. second because I need you to tell me because I've read this and I've, actually, I've listened to this. <laughs> I've listened to this, well, which is so you. hard to find. This recording was super hard to track down. I did eventually track it down on my own legally. And that was not easy. Nope. <laughs> um, but there's also not a lot of information about this show online. There is, I mean, there is information. It's available through Samuel French and people can do it. Mm-hmm. So how did you find this show? So this was my senior year of high school. This was the spring musical. And um, a bunch of my friends were cast in it. I, the theater teacher didn't like me, so I didn't do any theater at high school until I was a senior. Oh, okay. Um, and what high school? I don't know if oh, I should say that. Well, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Bullard High School. It's out in California. And, you brought it up. I'm yeah. Um, oh, no. He may have liked me, but he just never cast me until my senior year, and I got to be in Kill a Mocking, To Kill a Mockingbird. And then I was like, oh, he likes me now, so I'll clearly be in the musical. Wasn't in the musical. Oh. But a bunch of my friends from To Kill a Mockingbird were. And um, in addition to all my friends, this guy that I had a huge crush on was the lead. So, of course, I went to see the show like three or four times. And then I actually... Was like, oh, I really actually like this as a show, um, and so used that as a talking point with said crush and convinced him to like burn me the CD, which he did, All right. and then he like decorated it. It was real cute. Um, My goodness. Yeah, nothing ever came of that. He lives in Belgium. Um, <laughs> 
Bye, All Adrian. Right. For All listening right. to this. All right. Um, and he plays Star- he played Space Punk. Space Punk. I was going to yes. call him Star-Lord. It's the same part. But yeah, yeah he, okay, Space so, Punk. So, yeah, just high school. And sure. it was, I am a huge nerd and it was nerdy and campy. So I just kind of fell for it and uh, just kept listening to it. And I have never seen anyone else do it. So. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a couple, mm-hmm. you can see a couple high school productions on YouTube yeah. if you go. They, the people videotape it and throw it up. Yeah. So you could watch it. So I guess it's, yeah, really... it's great for high schoolers. There's a mm-hmm. lot of really fun parts. So... I'm a little bit surprised that some place like Roundhouse or Imagination that like occasionally does like a full family show hasn't done it because it's like just can't be enough that like people from the Star Trek, Harry mm-hmm. Potter generations, I think would really get a kick out of it. And it's like also just like really silly. And when we get into the plot, the plot is absurd and children would love it. So I'm going to actually while we're sitting here. So to that point, I am really curious if anyone has ever heard of this show, like who has heard of it? I'm sure people have heard of it, obviously. But uh, so, I, so I'm going to send out an emergency <laughs> Twitter poll here. Yes. Oh, my God. I hope people respond. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what we get by the end of the recording of yeah. the musical Star Mites. Okay. Yeah. Poll. Choice one, yes. Choice two, no. Tweet. Okay. <laughs> and we will I'm see so what happens with that. Hey guys, so funny thing, I forgot to check the poll at the end of the recording session, so I'm just going to drop in the results here. Uh, We had a wonderful response on both Twitter and Facebook, and of the respondents, 44% had heard of Starmites, and 56% had not. Some of the comments included, yes, I'm weirdly obsessed with it, no, what is it, and more than one, yes, unfortunately. All right, back to the show. I consider myself to be fairly literate. Yeah. And I've certainly become more literate since I started doing this show. And yeah, heard you of reference shows. a lot of things that I never heard of before. Right, and, and, but I pride myself in that and uh, <laughs> in out-nerding the nerds. But I had – I mean the fact that the show was nominated for six Tony Awards. Mm-hmm. And now 1989 was a little bit before I started caring about things like the Tonys. Sure. But even so, the yeah. fact that it didn't, it didn't, didn't even come up. As one of those, like, flops that people talk about and love. Because there mm-hmm. is, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. really funny that this, but I think one of the reasons yeah. it doesn't come up is because it isn't, it isn't a famous enough flop, I think, that people yeah. have heard of it. You know what I mean? It's in that weird netherworld. It ran for 60 yeah. performances, which is a flop. Yeah. But it's It'd be not a great a, run in D.C. <laughs> it's not a, dis- it's true. Yeah. It's not a disaster, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not an open and close on the same night and everybody's talking about it for years. And it was, as you say, it was nominated for six Tonys. It only closed after, it was one of the shows that ran through the Tony Awards and then closes after sure. it doesn't win anything. So they have to shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just. I read somewhere that the only, like, some, like, maybe it was just a really mean article that was, like, the only reason it got nominated for the Tony Awards was because 1989, which was the year before I was born, so I don't know for sure. Right. But 1989 just didn't have a lot that year. Well, actually, that is kind of true. This is a notoriously flat year. So 1989 was the winner of Best Musical was Jerome Robbins' Broadway, uh, which is a review. And it, uh, so what won Best Score? Because Starmites wasn't even nominated for Best Score. No. There were no nominations for Best Book of a Musical or Best Score that year. That's a little crappy. Yeah. Going to go ahead and say Black and Blue was the other musical. Starmites would have won because it would have been the only one available to be nominated. (laughs) 
Okay, so that's a weak year. Um, yeah. It's a yeah. It was a good year for plays and a and not a great year musicals. Uh, for musicals. Um, and the shows were Black and Blue, which is like a W.C. Handy review. Jerome Robbins Broadway, which is a Jerome Robbins review in the mold of Prince of Broadway, which is coming out soon. The Harold Prince musical they're doing. Yeah, all the nominees are Starmites, Black and Blue, and Jerome Robbins Broadway. So maybe that is the case. But it, it, it's still... I, it, ugh, that's really crappy that it was. So it was nominated for Best Musical, Best Lead Actor, two Best Lead Actors in a Musical, Gabriel Bear and Brian Lane Green both lost to Jason Alexander, actually. And uh, leading actress in a musical, Sharon McKnight. Direction of a musical for Larry Carpenter and Best Choreography. Um, and it lost all of them. Yep. But, yeah, so I, I guess it, it does kind of fall into that nether category of it wasn't a huge, huge flop. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 so it's not, it's not like a famous flop like Rags or something where people sure. know about it and they're like, oh... Yeah, you know, let's <laughs> right. see what this is to see how bad it is. I mean, that is sure. always something you want to be like, yeah, it can't be that bad. And some of those you listen to, you go, oh, oh it can. It can yeah. be that bad. <laughs> yeah. But this, so now let's get into it. Yes. Amanda, <laughs> what the hell is this musical about? <laughs> oh, <laughs> buckle in because it's, uh, it's about, oh, there's a lot it's going on. It's about 90 minutes. And it's, it's, about, uh, <laughs> it, it's a beautiful 90 minutes. Um, so it is a, it centers around Eleanor who uh, I related to a lot in high school because she was she is a nerd and she's obsessed with comic books. And the musical opens with her mother telling her she, that she has to get rid of them. And so she um, is going through and saying goodbye to her comic books. And then that's when she sings Superhero Girl, which is probably my favorite song in the musical. wishes that she lived in like a comic book world and then voila the villain from Starmites appears in her bedroom drags her into inner space which is the setting for the Starmites comic book that she has and I just had a shocking revelation about you continue okay yeah. <laughs> uh, then she is rescued by space punk and Starmites and um, and then they tell her that she is the prophesied heroine known as Milady, who yes. she has read about okay. um, as like this prophecy thing happens and that she needs to help them defeat Chakra, said villain. We're the Starmites, the mighty Starmites, the punks of the future, the future are we. Um, and the only way to do that is to find the cruelty, which is this magical, powerful instrument. Don't be afraid of the dark. So she decides to team up with them, and they're kind of like a ragtag Lost Boy-esque group. Say goodnight, I'll be the light, and pray your soul to keep. It's been fun, but day is done, and even heroes sleep. Close your eyes, and maybe then you'll fly to the planet. 
and they go looking for the cruelty. They meet Trinculus, who is a little alien creature, and he comes with them. Um, and then that's wh- the little like lizard-looking thing you see yes, in the pictures. Okay. That's the lizard guy. Okay. Um, and then they are um, the only the person who has the cruelty is Diva and the Banshees. And they're just uh, Amazonian cannibalistic women who it is implied that they're not human, but every production I've seen, so high school and that mm-hmm. random video, right. they look very human. Okay. Um, and they are going to kill the star mites to protect the cruelty because they've been guarding it for years. And they agree not to kill them if Space Punk marries Diva's daughter, Bizarre. Right. Friend. This is where I started to get lost. And yes, I keep going. Gets, this is where it gets confusing. Okay. So then, by that point, Space Punk and Eleanor have decided that they're in love. But to save everybody and to get and to get the cruelty, because that's another part of the exchange, Space Bunk will marry Bizarbara. Barbara has a song at some point where she's well, that like was, yeah. a reprise of Superhero, of Superhero Girl, Girl. which yeah. she was a normal girl. And then at the last minute, Space Bunk changes his mind. She's above me, far above me. But someday I hope she'll learn to love me. She's my lady, someday she's gonna be my girl. She's his lady, my and someday lady. she will be his girl. She's his lady, and someday she will be his girl. And hearted, And then the way that Diva fixes this is that she... Well, he decides not to marry her because he's in love with, with Eleanor. With Eleanor. Now, this Correct. is where the reason I got confused is because Eleanor and Bizarbra. are played by the same actress. Yes. Okay. It somehow works when you see, or at least it worked for me when for I was you. in high okay. school. I bought it. Right. Um, because then the, that's only really important because the next thing that mm-hmm. happens. The next thing that yes. happens is Diva turn like 
uses magic. Right. Don't know why she didn't do this earlier, but right. she turns, she makes Bizarro look like Eleanor. Right, which is super easy to do because it's played by the same actress. Yes. Right, okay. So then she tells Space Punk, like, oh, I, I've had a change of heart. You can marry uh, this girl you like. And right. it's actually actually her daughter. And then at their wedding, um, they she brings out the cruelty and she gives it to the lizard guy, Trinculus, to right. play. You gotta shake, shake, shake. Drives you crazy. Shake, shake, shake. Don't be lazy. Shake, shake, shake. To the music of the cruelty. Oh. You gotta shake, shake, shake. Groove and rock now. Shake, shake. Bump and bop now, shake, 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 to the rhythm of the cruelty. And then it turns out he's actually Shotgraw, the bad guy. Okay. Yeah. This makes a little more sense now. Okay. Um, and he kidnaps Bizarbra, who currently looks like Eleanor, because he... Right. To take over all of inner space and Earth. Right. He has to play the cruelty and kill a child of Earth and get rid and of the lady. he thinks that Bizarbra is Eleanor, a child of Earth. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. So... Takes her off to do that. Uh, the Banshees, Diva, and the Starmites team up to save Bizarbra. And Diva's like, oh, by the way, that's actually not Eleanor. Here's Eleanor. So they all go off to tr- to defeat him. When you're down at the bottom, don't stop then. Grab your dreams if you still got them and start over again. You gotta go deeper and deeper till you hit the core. When you think you've given everything you've got, you gotta give Fighting, fighting, fighting. And then the way that they win is random um, and doesn't, didn't make, this also didn't make sense to me in high school and doesn't make sense to me now. Bizarbra sacrifices herself and I don't know how it happens because when she sacrifices herself, she goes to Earth. Right. And Eleanor stays in inner space and that defeats Chakra. happy and well there's something about the power of love in there too yeah like she brings love into the cave and it destroys the cruelty or that that something yeah that's also a thing yeah um but because he has the line in the castle I'm something like you know no don't bring love in here like yes. something like that it's yes really it's direct yeah you know like yeah, you yeah. do oh yeah right uh, okay so, yeah and, and then, that's and then Eleanor wakes up no, actually. Okay, so, so yeah, this is the other so part I didn't Bizarra get. wakes up in Earth and Eleanor stays in inner space and then like the big reveal is that they were actually switched at birth. And now they're where they're supposed to be.
Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Um, does it? I, well, it does. <laughs> it really does because there were some parts in there. There's all that doubling, mm-hmm. which on a cast album is impossible to discern. Show. Yeah. And then when you read it and there's names like Trinculus and Shazra, you're just like, wait, who is Chakra. what? Chakra, pardon me. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was very hard to follow. And then watching... Like when I, all you have is our photographs from the Broadway cast, there's like one of Trinculus mm-hmm. like singing with the Star Mites, but then there's one where they're like all standing around Trinculus like yelling at him mm-hmm. where it looks like that's what they're doing. And yeah. I couldn't figure out if he was the good guy or the bad guy. And now that I know he's yeah. pretending to be a good guy, he's a bad guy in disguise. That all, it actually, yes, it yeah. resolves that issue. He's both. So yes. I don't have to worry about it. Um, cool. Yeah. Okay. Shocking revelation about you mm-hmm. that occurred Are to you me. Thinking about my thesis. <laughs> I am thinking about your thesis. Yes. So you wrote a play mm-hmm. called "The Mage Knights of Eternal Light." Right. Which bears not doesn't bear a resemblance, but is clearly influenced by yes. this story. Yes. Wow. Uh huh. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah. I. I. Weirdly enough, didn't think about that when I was writing. I was, that the was play. my first question. Yeah. Um. Because at that point, I hadn't listened to Starmites. I actually haven't listened to it in a couple years. And mm-hmm. then when you talked about this podcast, I was like, oh, my God, I have to talk about this pl- this yes, musical. Yes, you did. And then I've been re-listening to it and falling in love with it again. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it occurred to me only after that I was like, oh, I have to talk about Starmites. Oh, my God, like yeah. subliminal messaging. It really is. Yeah, so the, that play is a play about – I mean, just a mm-hmm. quick synopsis for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's a play about a young woman whose father is killed and she – he has this series of books that he loves and mm. she, I mean, this is way oversimplification, mm. reads these books as a way to sort of connect with him and then characters from the books invade mm. our world. Oh, that's a good synopsis. That's a good synopsis? Okay. That's my elevator pitch. Okay, cool. Pitch that's the elevator everybody. pitch. It. Okay, cool. So that's that's the short version of, mm-hmm. of what that show is about. And, um, and then, you know, Journey. Okay. So, have you read this, or did you? Did I just tell you about this? Like, what Mage Knights? I saw it. You did? Oh, you did. Liz and I saw it. I saw it with oh, Liz Maestri at that's Catholic. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. We talked yeah. about this. Yes. Okay, sorry. That's how, so I've actually, yeah. So I've actually seen it. So ah. I, yeah. So it's in here. Um, <laughs> hence, shocking revelation. Um, so that's great. Well, that's really cool. I'm going to be talking about that for me in a couple of weeks with Sarah Cohen. We're going to be talking about Pippin, and that is a musical that has crept uh, in pre- in preparing for her episode. I've been like, oh, holy crap. That's like yeah. a super influential musical on me, and I didn't mm. even realize it. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so this happens. And that was wonderful. That's a wonderful thing. I like yeah. that. But so, back to Starmites. Mm. So I listened to this excitedly. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, in all honesty, that the first time I listened to it, I thought it was horrible. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I listened to it once, and I did not care for it. But the more I listened to it, it charmed me, mm-hmm. I will say. So yeah. it is – I now understand this – I understand it, the cultness of it. You know what I mean? I understand that aspect of it. It was Because yeah. I will say the first time I heard it, it was a total mystery to oh, me why anyone would like this at all. That is very fair. I mean like high school me loved it. But then post-MFA me thinking about it was like, gosh, that's actually a really, really terrible like structurally there's things wrong with it. Yeah. And like the, the plot is confused. I mean lots of musicals have confusing plots. You've talked about them. Right. Um, but like that's confusing and then there's like – things as a writer that I'm like, oh, I would do that differently. But then like just going back and listening to it again, like I said, it's just like, oh no, but I still, but I love it and yeah. it makes me happy. And Well, it's total and totally fair. And, and I do think there's things to love in it, especially if you encounter it as a young adult. I think you would fall deeply in love with it. Yeah. But what was funny to me was that, listen, you know, I listened to it about three times and then I watched that clip you sent me. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the things I didn't like about the recording is the synthness mm, of it. Okay. The sort of very, it feels like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Have you ever done a children's show that comes with canned music? Yeah. And it feels like that. I, 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 I am the space punk, the original space punk, the leader of the pack, give me action, do or die. With a bit up and a bam, I can rescue an damsel, the king of the superheroes, I. Listening, seeing them perform for the Tonys, it had a full orchestra. And the songs, not surprisingly, sound a lot better. Yeah. So the recording does not do the show, the yeah. score, justice, which is a shame because that's all the recording really needs to do. Yeah. So in in some respects, it's the recording's fault mm-hmm. that I didn't like it. <laughs> but it is because, like, I yeah. didn't, you know, the score is not great. It's not amazing. Mm-hmm. But... It's better than it sounds on that recording. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that's a shame. Weirdly enough, I don't know how my high school afforded this because it was a public high school, but we didn't have a full orchestra, but all the music was live. We had like five or six musicians. One of them was electric guitar er- mm-hmm. and everything else was. Yeah, I think with a full rock band, it would sound because it, it was, was a very yeah. it's got kind of a little shop vibe mm-hmm. about the score to me. Okay. Doo-wop, yeah. you know what I mean? Yes. So with a full doo-wop group, mm-hmm. it would sound even better than it does. On the, the, I mean, the synths just kill it, which is weird. You, yeah. you think of 89, you think of synths. I mean, there yeah. were synths. But this is recording made in 98, released in 99. Like, it's shocking to me that there were synthesizers for this, which means this was yeah. the cheapest recording, like, possible, it seems yeah. to me. Well, I, and I have to imagine that is what it was because there's also that there's a moment in um, the deep, like, deep, it's hard to be diva mm-hmm. where at the end of it, she has a moment of, like, mm. Okay, and moves on mm-hmm. if you listen to it. <clears throat> okay. And I like don't think that's part of supposed to be part of the song. Oh, okay. So, yeah. It's odd. It's an odd little, but it's an odd show. Yeah. Um God, I don't know where to go. It's <laughs> <laughs> What did you connect with then and what do you connect with now? Um, I mean, at the time, like I said, I had a lot of friends in it. So there was also there was just like the fun like. Right. And it wasn't like this. We weren't doing Guys and Dolls or like I'm Guys and Dolls is I'm lovely. I've actually never seen it. But like every high school in Fresno where I grew up like did the same mm-hmm. musicals. Like everyone did Guys and Dolls. Everyone did like. Oh gosh! Bye uh, bye birdie. Bye bye birdie. Hello dolly. Hello dolly. Uh, the m- music man. Yeah, like just my at, fair lady. Yeah, and every every musical, every high school musical I've seen before or after because Godspell. N- yeah, mm-hmm. like it, it was just different than everything mm-hmm. else that I had seen. Yeah, and it was, and like you know we everyone in theater in high school was a theater nerd, yada, yada. But, like, it, it, it tapped into a part of my nerddom that I felt was very unacknowledged um, because in m- my experience, anyway, I, all the things that I thought were really cool when I was, like, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 into my teens only started actually becoming cool to, like, the rest of the world, like, w- 
when I w- was going into college. There's a part of me that's like a little mm-hmm. bit bitter about that because like, oh, back when I thought well, like right. I, I'm such a hipster when I thought that was cool, like it was nerdy. So <laughs> this just tapped into something like, oh, my God, all these things that I like really love have a place in like sci-fi and fantasy has mm-hmm. a place in theater that I didn't know about and not just in theater, but in like a musical and in a place that I can like access physically and emotionally. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it hits you. It, it has, it has all the, the bits. There is that thing. You're, you're absolutely right. That thing of doing a show in high school or wherever mm-hmm. that isn't the show everyone else is doing. I mm-hmm. did um, community theater. I did uh, a section of the apple tree when I was about 12 and the apple tree is, is far from a perfect musical, but it will absolutely be one of my favorite shows forever mm. because of that, because it was a show that nobody else did that mm. I did. And it yeah. was different from, like you say, it wasn't all the same, the same four shows everybody does in this kind of yeah. bizarre rotation. Um, and it just makes it special. So yeah. yeah, I don't think that's, that doesn't knock the classics. The classics are classics for a reason. Oh, absolutely. But, there is something super exciting about being, we're doing this show and everybody goes, oh my God, I've never heard of this show. Oh my, yeah. like, what is it? Like, oh, and it was a real yeah. show and it was, oh, it was nominated for things. Oh, hey, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it feels like you're doing it yeah. for real, like in a way, because like yeah. you, you also have all those people coming out of the woodwork being like, oh, and I did Guys and Dolls. I was whoever. And you're just like, sure. uh, right. Yeah. This is about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, one, no one was coming up to whoever and was saying like, oh, when I played Eleanor. Right. You know, no, I wouldn't think so. No, no I wouldn't. No. Uh, <laughs> So yep. what year did you do it? Uh, we did it. When did I graduate? It would have been two thousand eight, spring of two thousand eight. Okay, all right. So yeah, it's pretty recent too. Um, two thousand eight. There you go. Don't miss you. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> we're getting real in here with Amanda Zeitler. Um, uh, okay, there's a few people. Call but... in now, Fresno. You're on the line. Um, so, so then, so that was then. So now, yeah. what do you find, or uh, do you find anything in it, or is it is it pure nostalgia? Um. It, not there's anything wrong with nostalgia. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. A, a big chunk of it is nostalgia and the pride that I found in musical you'd never heard of. Um, I, I, so you win. I'm not kidding about that. <laughs> uh, a big part of it is nostalgia. Um, and I think a part of it is, this is going to sound really weird, but like being able to, having gone through like college and graduate school and like being in the real world now and being able to like look back at something that, be able to look at it critically and see all the things that are wrong with it, but still like it. There are so many things that I, from like childhood and college that I can look back at critically and I'm like, but I can't even enjoy it nostalgically anymore. Mm -hmm. And so like having that dichotomy of like, I see why this is not great and why people just don't do it, but I still love it. And I still, and I think I still connect like with Eleanor being like that nerdy little person that, you know, feels out of place. And like, I've definitely found a home in DC as, as an artist, as a human being, which is amazing. Um, but like, there's always, you know, once you've been that person, you, you don't really ever. Oh, it scars you yeah, emotionally. You, yeah. 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 And like, like I would, this is going to be a way more revealing than it needs to be. But like in high school and in middle school, I had those dreams where I'm like, I, I don't belong in this city. I don't belong in this high school. I, I don't belong on this planet. And I like wrote these massive epic stories of how like I magically fell into other places, books that existed. Nothing. I w- was apparently wasn't creative enough to come up with my own world, but 
like books that existed and I created like a whole character and backstory and relationship and like would just write these like huge stories about myself in other places. And wow, that's kind of literal, like yeah. a literal connection. To yeah, it was show. a literal connection. Yeah. And it. so I don't know. I there's still a little bit of part of me that's like, oh, like. What, well, if I, a, what if I am the savior somewhere? I, mean, I don't know. It's a uni- but it is a universal feeling. I mean, it is that thing of, I mean, oh, it, it's, it's Harry Potter. It's Star Wars. It's that feeling absolutely. of, and like, I don't belong here. Sure. And Something's now, wrong. And then being told, it is wrong. You're in the wrong place. Come here where you're the Lord of everything. You're yes. Like, yes. Thank you. I will. Yeah. And like, you know, as now that I'm not a narcissistic teenager, I realize right. like I You're just a narcissistic 20 year old. Yeah. 26. 26. Um, like every, everyone I've, everyone I've ever met, especially pe- theater people have felt that way. Like I was not alone in that. I think mostly everybody feels that way. I sure. think theater people just end up admitting it. Like I think That's that, that so there true. is this like, I do believe the more people I've met that everybody at one point or another mm-hmm. feels like they don't belong. And yeah. if you're lucky, you feel that when you're in high school. Yes. Because if you feel totally comfortable in high school, <laughs> I've met you, I'm 36. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have, it's been 18 years since I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And I've met those people who were comfortable in high school and are not comfortable now. And you would much rather not be comfortable in high school. I'm talking to you, nerds. You would much rather feel like you don't belong <laughs> in high school because you will yeah. find your tribe. Yeah. And it will all work out. And the people who are perfectly comfortable in high school don't leave. And that's a sad state of affairs for them. And I hope they get better, but it is a much harder road to wake up when you're in your 20s and 30s and be like, uh-oh, yeah, I peaked too early. Then, yeah. then be like, oh, I'm peaking. Like, hey, check this yeah. out. Like, And I'm awake and I can be aware of it, like yeah. spiritually and emotionally. Yay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's a – this show definitely taps into that mm-hmm. in a very direct, yeah. well, very also, direct way. It also like taps into it from the perspective of a girl. Like that a is, lot yes. of very popular uh, s- stories that have a similar like arc, Harry Potter, right. Lord of the Rings, like Star these all Wars. Have, Star yeah, Wars. Like these are all male male protagonists, mm-hmm. and like I love me some Harry Potter, but you know I'm also a huge fan now of all the alternate Hermione like memes that are like if yeah. Hermione was the star, right? That sort of thing. And so it was also I think that was also a big draw that I, again I can recognize now having grown up and having more emotional maturity mm-hmm. that I didn't recognize then because I wasn't the uber feminista that I am now. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I think that was also a big draw in mm-hmm. for me. It is. And it is unusual for that period for this mm-hmm. to be. Now, mm-hmm. not to give it too much credit, however, because oh, no, one of the <laughs> biggest problems with just following the story mm-hmm. is the fact that Eleanor is without a doubt the lead character. Yes. Until she all of a sudden isn't. Yeah. Because she disappears from the story once, what's his name? Space Punk. Space Punk. Not once he gets there, but once she splits into... Two. But Bizarbra. Bizarbra. Jeez. Um, <laughs> once she splits into Bizarbra and Eleanor, it becomes impossible for her, obviously, to be in two places at once on the stage. Yeah. So she has to be cut in half. Yeah. And he, Space Punk kind of becomes the protagonist... Right. For a bit and then swing it swings back. Eleanor does save the universe. I mean that yeah. is she is the the pro, and she figures out how. She is the proactive one. Yeah. But it it does get a little lost in itself there yes. in the middle in its Which world. Is, again, one little. of the structural things that if yeah. I were writing it, I would have changed. Yeah, well I don't know but the funny thing about that is I don't know how you change that exactly mm-hmm. in a sh- in a play well my big thing is in I don't, a movie i know how you fix it i don't understand why eleanor and bizarre have to be, have to be played by the same person because i'm i yes like 
Spacebunk has to mistake Eleanor for Bizarre and vice versa. Right. But, you know, we watch Shakespeare all the time where, like, there's a girl dressed up as her twin brother and they don't look anything, anything alike, like, but yeah. we buy into it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something you can do. And I think if you get a really great like physical comedic actress to play Bizarba who can like do weird physical awkward things mm-hmm. and wear a wig and like some funky clothing and then you know she goes into like some space she rips all that off and she just takes on the mannerisms of a girl playing Eleanor I think it's totally easy to do write if I were going to rewrite it rewrite this play and have these played by two different actresses mm-hmm. and then boom benefit you have another female actor getting work well that's which true which is also hard to which do which is also anyway. hard to do yeah Yes, that is a shame. Um, and yeah, and the, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, me- well, the, the problem that creates is then at the end when she goes back to Earth and she's in the bed, mm-hmm. it is a different actress, technically, you know, and then the mother yeah. comes in, you know what I mean? Like it that just, is it, fair. so it's a cleaner ending in, in the way it is in the Broadway production with the same actress, but it leads to it, but it, it's just a question of which problem do you value, sure. which do you think is a bigger problem? Yeah. You think it's a bigger problem that Eleanor disappears for a huge chunk of the show, mm-hmm. or it's a bigger problem that at the end, it's a different mm-hmm. actress in the bed singing. And the mom doesn't notice. <laughs> and the mom doesn't notice singing, but it wasn't a dream, or but yeah, the name of the song it wasn't. Is. No, that's right. Is that right? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I got one right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Okay, yeah, so that's a yeah, – there's a few other little str- – I mean, the names are always – it's the huge problem of any fantasy sci-fi oh, yeah. thing where the names are just crazy. I mean, because they're yeah. just – I mean, and it's any fantasy thing ever. It is not just exclusive to oh, Starmites yeah. where these names are simultaneously <laughs> – it's so funny how this, this falls – perfect in, and the worst. Right. It falls <laughs> into this trap of having like – Great distinctive character names like Trinculus mm-hmm. and these weird Herbie Harrison, Herbie Harrison, these weird, bizarre, on the nose things like Chakra. Mm-hmm. And the bad thing is called the cruelty, mm-hmm. and you kill it with love. Like, I mean, that's yeah. just so on the nose. <laughs> well, that. one of the nice things about the story going back to its pro feminist side mm-hmm. is that Bizarra doesn't want to marry Space Punk. Yes. She. Doesn't want to be. I mean, like I say, it has. She has that great semi reprise of Superhero Girl, where she wants to be in this completely other. She, yeah. Just like Eleanor wants to be anywhere else, but where she is mm-hmm. doesn't belong, and just wants to be quote unquote normal, but doesn't want to get married, and certainly doesn't want to marry him. She cries when he rejects her mm-hmm. because she. It, it just reinforces. That feeling she has that she's out of place. Yeah. It just sort of be like, oh, and on top, like, she doesn't yeah. want him, but she wants him to want her. She wants yeah. she wants to do the rejecting. She doesn't want to yeah. be rejected, exactly. which is totally relatable, especially to a teenager. Like, <laughs> oh, a complete, God, yes. like, well, I didn't like you, but you don't, you have to like me. Like, that's how this works. Yeah. Um, so that's nice. So it gets points there. I guess yeah. it's kind of hard to tell whether it comes down on. Yeah. I mean. 5149. I... Where do we think it lands? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 55 45. 55 45? Okay, we'll <laughs> take it. Not quite 60 40. Not oh, quite. Maybe. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. It's 60 40. It's, it's hard to 60. tell from this cast. <laughs> so I'm going to say 60 40. You're going to say 60 40. I'm going to say 60 40. So, one thing that, that stuck out to me about this show mm-hmm. was its earnestness. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you find now, is that one of the things you have to excuse? Do you have trouble with earnestness, like as a writer, as an audience member? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, again, I'm so blinded by nostalgia for this play that it right. doesn't bother me here. I think 
in a different show that I, some random girl sent, gave me the cast album. was like, listen to this so we can talk about it for your podcast. Well, right. I think I might have more trouble with it. Um, Cause yeah, I ha- I, yeah. Now that I think about it, I have seen those shows where it's like this, where you want them to lay off. Yeah. Um, just dial it back a little. Yeah. Like and maybe, I've like, you maybe know, to 10, yeah. not 11. <laughs> yeah. Well, I asked that because you said something about grad school. You made a comment mm-hmm. about being out of grad school. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you about how grad school beats the joy of these things out of you. Oh, no. Oh, okay. A little bit. Well, so no, no. <laughs> because that is my – it's not on purpose. Mm-hmm. But like when I was in grad school and I was in film school, I would – I was unable to watch video of any kind without being critical. Not like being negative, but without a critical eye. So a friend of mine showed me something once that he was in and we watched it and it's just, this was a pilot for a TV show and we watched it and afterwards I had thoughts Mm -hmm. and I expressed them and he said to me, (laughs) you don't have to critique this. I just wanted you to see it. Mm-hmm. That was just like he, he just he didn't want notes because also he had no sure. control over it. So it didn't really make any difference right. what I thought. He just wanted to share it with me. And it occurred to me that like I had done that without it was a reflex. I had done yeah. it without even thinking. And I did find that I had to make a conscious choice after grad school to relax mm-hmm. in a really real way because you can come out of that being such an insufferable critic okay. of things unintentionally yeah. but what i wanted to ask you but so what let me to phrase that as a question mm-hmm. not and not make it sound like an accusation is <laughs> do, did you find that when you hyper focus on your craft like that mm-hmm. and are told sort of objective rights and wrongs and working on your weaknesses specifically yeah. um did you find that grad school kind of hardened you to the joy a little bit uh I'm going to yes and sure. or yes but. Um, I'm That's not sure fine. which is more Short answer, yes with a but. <laughs> Long answer, yes, no with an if. Yes, definitely. Um, definitely more so for – because my MFA is in playwriting. It's not in musical writing. Right. And I did not study musicals at all really sure. um, outside of my own. So I think for me, yes, for a play, I am the worst person to take to a play if you don't want to talk about it afterwards because I, I – have such a hard time turning my brain off and enjoying Mm -hmm. a play. Um, And I think that's also part of just like my own personal artistic philosophy of like, if you're writing a play, you should be saying something theoretically Mm -hmm. or it should be completely like silly and fun. And like, I feel like it's hard to do a middle ground with a play. Unlike other art forms, like movies, I think like can be a lot more commercial and you can get away with it. And it's great. That's me for plays. Musicals have always in my mind been like, with few exceptions, they're just for the fun. Okay. And like the... Like, not that that makes them less artistic or less valuable. No, no, but safe space. Go ahead. <laughs> thank you. But, like, because in real life, when you're, like, hurting and in pain, you don't burst into song and have this be- really beautiful moment. Like, it, you know, you, you, you fall down and you cry and you weep and, like, it sucks and it's ugly and yada, yada, yada. But when you are in pain in a musical, you get an aria and you get mm-hmm. to sing and it's beautiful. And then, you well, know, if you're in pain can, in a play, you get a soliloquy. You, not always, though. Yeah, you can, though. I, I mean, know. I got soliloquies um... beat out of me, like, first semester. Well, that's good. Yeah. Just like in film school, you get voiceover beat out of you in, yeah. in, a, Don't in do first it. semester. 
So, so yes, but like I'm, I'm a lot harder to please with a play. With a musical, I'm a lot more lenient. Well, it is what you studied. I mean, you said yeah. like I was, I was impossible to yeah. please with films and TV. Like that was, which is what I was studying. And yeah. it, and it, it sort of, yeah, yeah. I, I view education in this field as a very double-edged sword mm-hmm. because when you are young and you see a show or you watch a movie, it is magic. Yes. And then you so want true. to learn how the magic trick is done. And then you do. And then you do. <laughs> and the magic is gone in a very real way. And the magic can be found again. I mean, this oh, is yeah. why there are these shows that like people like you and me rave about that like if I took my mother to it, she'd just be like, that's the worst pile of tripe I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Because it allows us to deactivate our brain mm-hmm. and actually watch the. I mean, one yeah. of the, I can't, I feel like, I describe it as being a drug addict <laughs> in the sense that like yeah. we're films right now. Mm-hmm. I can only really enjoy really, really bad movies, which I've talked about on this podcast before. Like, I teach a class on bad movies. I love bad mm-hmm. movies. And I love bad movies because they absolutely follow none of the rules of good movies. Mm-hmm. So I have no ability to predict yeah. where they're going. They go anywhere they want to go. And they're mm-hmm. terrible. Like, I'm not going to say, but that's all. That, so that's mm-hmm. that's how extreme my fix is. Like, I gotcha. cannot sit and watch. I watch a movie like Boyhood. Or I watch a movie like 12 Years a Slave and I engage, like, I go, yes, mm-hmm. objectively, that is an excellent motion picture. Emotionally, I have no response to this piece of art whatsoever mm-hmm. because it is impossible for me not to see the ghost within the machine. Mm-hmm. But with a bad yeah. movie, like The Room mm-hmm. or even back like Xanadu, like, this is crazy. I don't know what it is and I'm so excited right now. And it takes me back to that period when I was young and, like, didn't I didn't understand what yeah. was going on. But with theater... I, I have really come, and one of the reasons I started this podcast is I really believe we all need to calm down a little bit <laughs> about theater <laughs> yes. and about being so snooty about it because mm-hmm. th- that is wrong. It's very hard work and it we should be so proud hard. of it, but like we all need to just have a good time because it's yeah. so much work at the same time. And I yes, wonder but. just, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fine. But like, I so to you, yeah. where are you in your creative? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are t- there is a decade between us sure. in in age and experience. Yeah. So, then, you know, we'll I, come back in ten years and we'll do this again. But like to see if, you, if we're in the same place or <laughs> if I'm somewhere else and you're where I was or whatever yeah. it is. But what do you what do you look for in in a piece like musical or play, musical or play. when you go and 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 see it? So for me, I, I don't think my fix is quite as bad as yours because I can like. I can be super critical of a play, and if it's a, if I think it is a really good play and it touches me emotionally, I can still be like, I can I can sit on both sides of the line, which mm-hmm. is lovely. It's a lot harder for me to find those plays now, um, and it is a lot easier for me to find stuff that I don't like. Um, and I agree, like we 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 should calm down because it's a small community and we're all going to hate each other if we get too crazy. Um, <laughs> at the same on the at the same time, I go see plays. <laughs> For like, especially for like festivals that I've applied for or places that I want to work but haven't had like the guts to apply for yet. And I see plays that are just awful, or I think at least, like maybe the production's beautiful, but the writing is just awful. And I just get angry because I'm like, I've worked so hard and I can tell you objectively that my play is better than this thing that you chose and you put up there or that like, you know, so I have, so yes, we should come well, but down, it's the, it's but the act- then I just get But better. it's the actor's <laughs> dilemma too. I mean, it's that joke sure. of like... Of how many actors does it take to screw in a light bulb? And it takes nine, one to screw in the light bulb, and eight to stand around and say, I could have done that better. Sure. It is that okay. thing of, like, when we watch someone doing what we do, yeah, we 
judge it on, especially when I used to think it was only when you weren't quote unquote established, Mm -hmm. but it has occurred to me in my life and experience in meeting people who are quote unquote established and Mm -hmm. certainly more established than I am. Mm -hmm. They feel the same way. Well, that comforting. we feel. Well, it isn't, it isn't. It means this is a bottomless pit. You know what I mean? Like, it means there's no there there. Okay. So you got to calm down. Like, that, but that was <laughs> yeah. my reaction to it. Be like, okay, so I just need to relax because everybody mm-hmm. feels this way. So okay. like you say, yeah. that's nice to okay. know. But there's yeah. also the like, there's nothing to strive for. There's no achievement where that's mm-hmm. going to make you feel good except yeah. doing work that makes you feel good. You feel good. Yeah. So... To that sort of end, back to Starmites for a second. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, but it's all going. It's all going to connect. I'm going to land this plane. So, when you have a piece of art like mm-hmm. this, that is problematic, mm-hmm. but still speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Do you? How do you reckon? How do you reconcile that? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, how do you take the criticalness mm-hmm. of your uh, that, uh, that exists mm-hmm. and excuse? It. Whatever this is. Yeah. I mean. Or can you? Can you just, do you just say know. like, well, I was a kid and that was fine. I, I mean, I don't want to brush it off because like, as I've like bared my soul to you here. Yeah. Um, like it was very <laughs> important to me. And um, so I think that's what makes this particular musical special just because that there was such a deep connection to it. I think. Do you objectively know. think this is a good show? I'm not yes. now. I'm not going to challenge you on. Like okay. I'm not. This is not a gotcha. But like I'm not going to sure. nail you. But I'm just yeah. curious. Do you objectively think this is a good play? I think this is a good play if you're not on Broadway. Okay, so you think it's a good play in context? I think it's a good play in context, and I think, and I think for especially taking into consideration like when it was written and like how. Like where like feminism was at that point, I'm like okay with where it is, like with what it is fem- feminist wise. Sure. Um, cause you know, I feel like, especially right now in DC, like I've, I've yet to meet anyone who like would be offended if I'm like, oh, you're a feminist too. Great. Lovely. Um, I'm sure those people exist. Um, but I feel like, like the, this whole, like, you know, gender equality is so much in the zeitgeist right now mm-hmm. in a way that I, I don't think it was in the eighties. Like it was for certain groups of people, but it wasn't a national topic of discussion. Sure. So I think this play like is good for that in like it. Like, the main characters are women, and they do save the day. And, like, there is, when you look at the breakdown, there's, like, an equal amount of, like, men and women on stage. Huzzah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's good in that way. I think, I think arc-wise, like, story-wise, like, the, the, the plot is problematic. It's so problematic. Right. But then, like, the things that it's trying to say about, you know, how people feel and, like, how people do feel alone... Um, and how people do need to come together. I think that is really great. And I don't think you can dismiss that, especially, again, when there are so many musicals that were that are super popular that all the high schools do and all the big theaters do that I don't think address those things quite the same way. And I don't think do so in the... They don't, to me anyway, do so very genuinely. Like, everyone... Every girl I know loves Greece. I can't stand that play. Oh, wow. Uh, every girl you know loves okay, Greece. Okay, maybe not every girl I know. But, but like so a, many, like, enough for you to say that, though. Enough, I mean, that's... So many people love it, and I, I, I just can't love it. 
Like, I recognize what's good about it, but I just can't love it because the message at the end of the day isn't like, oh, if you feel alone, you'll find your niche. It's if you feel alone, you make yourself you turn yourself into the niche so that it's like it's the it's the total like high school conundrum. It's the worst show in the world. I don't I don't really think (laughs) I mean, that isn't true, but like it is. I, I think that it's I think that. What I'm kind of driving at, this theory I have about these shows like this, is that I'm glad this show is your show mm-hmm. because I feel like it keeps – if you don't have something like this in your memory mm-hmm. that you acknowledge is flawed but love anyway in a very genuine way, then the MFA you mm-hmm. will eat little you alive. Yes. You know, <laughs> and, <Human> and me. <laughs> yeah, well, it will because it happens. Like, you know, if yeah. you don't have the ability to kind of go back and and I'm regaining this ability with movies now that my son is about, he's almost seven. Oh, and we just yeah. went to see, last night actually, at the AFI, they had Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which is his favorite movie right now. Oh. Wait, we, so the original, right? The original with Gene, Gene, Gene Wilder okay. and, and Jack Albertson, yes. Um and we went to see it, and I mean, he's watched it at home, and he absolutely loves it. And he just had an absolute ball, and so did I. Um, and so it was an amazing thing to see. And he wanted to go home and watch it. He wanted once it was over, <laughs> he wanted to watch it again. Um, so, which is amazing. And I'm now back, and I'm getting mm-hmm. those movies to see. And like, I mean, he loves Star Wars, obviously, and all yeah. that. But like, that was a very specific movie that when he liked it, filled yeah. me with that wonder again. Sure. Of like. Oh, this is a movie that is very flawed. I mean, it's a very flawed movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it's I mean, the, it takes creepy them... Creepy boat s- thing. Well, creepy... No, see, I, I love all that. It takes them an hour to get to the factory. Yeah. Which is the movie. Oh, I never thought about Exactly that. right. It yeah. takes them an hour to get into the factory, which is all you remember from that movie yeah. is everything that happens in the factory. So, like... Is it really an hour? It's an hour to get so them... To, it's about half the movie to get oh, to the factory. God. It is bonkers. I think it's so important Mm -hmm. to hold on to the wonder Mm -hmm. and we forget it so often. We forget that we are all, even when it's paid lip service and it's paid lip service a lot, especially Mm -hmm. at the Tonys when people are like, there's a kid out there somewhere watching this and I was that kid and thing. And then the person goes backstage and goes, where's my latte? You know what I mean? Like it's just, we lose the joy the no, but sheer it's true, joy of like, this so quickly. No, no one goes into theater or film or like any arts being like, I want to go in because I just really want to be critical about this all the time. No, yeah. Or, or you become a theater critic and you're unhappy with your life. Right. But like, you know, no, I don't, I've never heard a, an actor or playwright or someone be like, oh, yes, I got into the arts so that I could critique everyone else. Yeah. Like everyone, you're right. Everyone has that moment of like, I saw this show and it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And then I decided I was going to live in poverty. Right. <laughs> And I'm fine with that. Like yeah. when you have to be fine with that yeah. and your spouse has to be fine with that too. <laughs> um, and it's just, but it is the, it's the thing. It's the, it's that joy and wonder that kept us yeah. going. And it's the thing that has to keep you going because as I say, the the whole joy has to be what you're doing. Because yeah. how many of us do this? How many of us succeed mm-hmm. on any level? And then how many of us have you heard of? Like sure. you out in the world, and the percentage is unbelievably small. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. You've got to be cool with what you're doing, and. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I, it, it's that like so. I mean, it, it, this is not just. I mean, you're here, so you're mm-hmm. the one who's hearing me say this right now. But it is that sort of plea of like, just don't lose, yeah. don't lose the wonder, and listen to Star Mites. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. Like, listen to the show. It's not perfect. I'll lend you the CD. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> 
because that's even, the only place you'll find you it. You can't even <laughs> find it on YouTube. It's 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 the you only. You can like, find you, like three or four songs on YouTube. You can, but you can't find like there's so many cast albums that are pirated to YouTube, mm-hmm. which I'm on balance opposed to. But for stuff like this that's out of yeah. print, I actually think that's a good thing yeah. because that's the only but, way you're going to find these shows. You can also find it on Amazon, but it's like a forty dollars. It's like soundtrack. a forty dollars CD, and the <laughs> MP3s aren't available, which yeah. is all anybody. Yes, anyway, yeah. and I couldn't get it through the library. Oh, I was a pain. Yeah. Anyway. Worth it, though, because of this this reason. I mean, this thing of, like, this is a perfect example to me of a show that is eminently lovable, mm-hmm. eminently flawed, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Both of those yeah. things can exist simultaneously yes. because it is, on balance, full of joy. I'm not saying it should have won any awards. I'm not saying it should have run 61 performances, <laughs> but it deserves to be it – is, it, it has earned its existence. It is, it is a labor of love in a true sense. Yes. It has an earnest but genuine emotional element to it. And I'm very happy that you brought it into my life. I, I'm Good. super excited about this. What's, what's coming up for you? Uh, I was just cast at Silver Spring, Silver Spring Stage in the best holiday show never. And it is a new play with the Coil Theater Project. All and right. I'm playing the part of Glenn. Uh, so come see it. It should be fun. And uh, if you're still in D.C. in June and want to go see a performance by 23 uh, middle schoolers, I am writing a show for the Speak Out on Stage program at Imagination Stage. It oh, great. It is devised by children. Right. It's, I did it last year. It was wonderful. There were ghosts and time traveling and all these, all the great things. Nice. And I'm doing it again this year. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And people can find you online. They can find me online. Uh, I am on the Facebooks. I am on Twitter at Amanda Zeitler, Z-E-I-T-L-E-R. And I am on Instagram as Amanda the Playwright, no spaces or right. caps or anything. Well, this is great, Amanda. Yeah, thank, thank you so much for thank you. bringing this show into my <laughs> into my world. And as I say, you win because I'd yes. never heard of this show before. And I don't know. Someone will do it again at some point. Yeah. But, but you were the, the first, first one to do it. Yes. So you absolutely win. Cool. The original cast was recorded at the Media Production Center at American University. Special thanks to Tom Fish, Jeffrey Madison, Imani Mular, and the tireless staff of students who run the front desk. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. You can email us at OriginalCastPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe to the original cast on iTunes, and while you're there, please give us a comment and a rating so other people can find the show. My thanks to Amanda Zeitler for coming down and talking to me today. Thank you. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal.